Today's scripture reading comes from Acts 8, verses 26 through 39. We will be reading from the NIV version. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading the passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as his lamb before the shear is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, Tell me please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here is water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about, preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, I'm Pastor Nancy, and I'm excited to be here to share the message with you today. Now, some of you may know me as the children's pastor and may even remember some recent moments of uh, spraying myself with water and putting fans on my hair to make a point to kids or sometimes dropping into silly accents to make the big God story come alive for children. So if you've seen that side of me, it may not surprise you to know that on the Enneagram scale, I am a solid seven. That's right. I'm full of optimism and joy and I'm ready for adventure. I love confetti, anything sparkly, and I am ready to go on that adventure. I love to dream up some crazy wild plan and believe that we can accomplish it. Yes. Now, along with that, it may surprise you that on the extrovert introvert scale, I am an introvert. I am that quieter person. I can speak to a large crowd of people. Sure. But ask me to make a phone call to somebody I don't know. Mm -mm, No. Um, My first reaction to that is a solid no. And in ministry, there are times when I have to do just that, when I have to make phone calls. And so I've started to view these moments as divine appointments, appointments that God is already setting up for me. And the Holy Spirit is interrupting me. When my first and natural response is no, I've been learning to allow the Holy Spirit to come in to disrupt that thought pattern so that I can say yes to God's divine appointments. Now, I found myself wondering at times if that happens to anybody else. I know our younger tech generation, they they don't like to answer phone calls or make phone calls at all. And honestly, the only way they know this means phone or call someone is because they've seen it on a TikTok video. They don't actually use phones like that anymore. So I wonder, though, if the Holy Spirit is tapping us on the shoulder at times 
tapping us and disrupting our ways of being, our ways of doing things to point us to a divine appointment, to a a moment that God has already ordained, um, inviting us to share something with someone or whispering in our ear, giving us guidance how to share his goodness with somebody next to us. And what is our natural reaction? Is it no? Hmm. I wonder at times if he's placed us in a checkout line at the grocery store and given us a word to speak to somebody in line next to us. If we don't understand it or don't know how it applies to that person or what my role is in it, um, we may say no. We may say, "Mm, no, that word wasn't for me. Or maybe Jesus keeps prompting us to reach out to a neighbor across the street. Maybe they keep, uh, he keeps placing somebody on our mind saying, maybe you should give somebody a call and here's a word that I have for them. And do we listen to those disruptions to our routine? Or do we say, no, that's not for me. Maybe he's setting a divine appointment for us to share our life, our faith, our hope, somebody else? And what is our response? We can find excuse after excuse to say, no, no, that's not my natural behavior. No, I'm busy. No, I have something else I need to do. Maybe it's about the other person even. That doesn't look like a person that wants to know about my faith. That doesn't look like a person that wants to know about the gospel. That's not a person or group of people that I would associate with. So we'll leave that for the missionaries. We'll leave that for somebody else. Hmm. That's not a person. You fill in the blank. We ignore the Holy Spirit's disruption in order to maintain our peace and calm. We say no to what might be a divine appointment, what may be a Holy Spirit disruption. So we come to our text this morning. We've been reading through Acts, seeing the way God was growing the church, the way the Holy Spirit was disrupting the way things had been, the way things had always been, the way some thought it should continue to be. We're seeing the ways the Holy Spirit is disrupting our lives now. So as the early church was growing, this was a time we remember uh, last week after Stephen was stoned to death and we heard how Christians were being persecuted. God was sending them out from Jerusalem because they were being persecuted, dragged out of their houses, sought out to be killed. So the Holy Spirit was sending them out of Jerusalem, disrupting their plans. And at first reading, um, the way this is happening may sound like just another one of those crazy plot twists. God, what are you up to? But let's take a moment to review the grand story, what I call the big God story. So God, in the beginning, he created, he loved his creation. He made promises, many promises to different people. One of those was the promise to Abraham that his descendants would be as numerous as there were stars in the sky. He called his beloved people out of Egypt. He led them. He guided them. He said, I will be your God and you will be my people. And he called them Israel and he blessed them. And he gave them laws and commandments to live their best life with him so they could worship him and honor him. 
And again and again, the people chose not to. They went their own way. He allowed them to be divided and conquered. And he rose up prophets to guide people back to him. And again, they didn't follow. And again, God gave a promise. He said, I will make a way. I will send my Messiah who will restore you, who will redeem you. I will send that. And we know that Jesus came. Jesus lived. He died and rose back to heaven, providing a way for us to be with God, for us to be included in his family, that this blessing through Jesus would extend to all people, that the kingdom of God would be welcoming to all people. This may cause us too to remember the great commission from Matthew 28, 19. Let's look at that. It says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Then we also see in Acts 1.8, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we come to this time here in Acts, this very opportune moment where God is so incredibly close and opening up his grand plan for more people, where he was inviting people in to join his mission in his world, the co-mission of God. So in this passage, we find Philip walking on the desert road on his way to Gaza. He had listened to the spirit who, uh, it says, an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out. He said yes to this interruption in his life. He said, yes, Holy Spirit, I will do what you say. Now, he had this purpose. He had this path on this desert road. And as he looked up, it says that he saw a carriage. Now, he could have said, "Mm, go on by, carriage, because I've been called to go to Gaza. I have my plan. I have my mission. I'm on my way. Don't disrupt me again. He could have said no. But he looked up and he saw this carriage, and the Spirit said, go closer. said, go to the chariot and stay near it. And Philip said, yes. In his spirit, he said, yes, he went and was running alongside the carriage. And from the carriage, he heard a voice reading scripture. And he said to him, do you understand what you're reading? And Philip could have just gone on about his way. Like, yeah, this person probably doesn't understand what they're reading. And I have to go to Gaza. So see you later. But he instead leaned in. He said yes to this disruption, to this divine appointment that was presented to him. And it says he climbed up into the carriage. Now in the carriage was an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all of the treasury of Kandik, which is the queen of the Ethiopians. Now we need to understand this person a bit more so we really understand the significance of this story being included in the Bible. We understand the significance of this particular divine appointment. So Ethiopia at this time was a large portion of Africa, just south of Egypt, and it was this really large portion. And he was most likely a black man, and more interestingly, he was a eunuch. He had been castrated, and this was a common practice at that time, and throughout the years, it has happened to various people for different reasons. And in Ethiopia's case, often they would castrate a man who was in service to the queen, So 
so that as he was in close quarters with her, there would be no sense of improprietary behavior. He served as the queen's treasurer, administering the, the finances, the economy of her kingdom. He had a very important and responsible position, but he was restricted in his personhood. So the Ethiopian had traveled to Jerusalem to worship. Now, there's some discussion among scholars that he could have had some Jewish roots, that he could have had some Jewish heritage. Um, it could have been, too, that he had heard the word that the Messiah was in Jerusalem, and he could have traveled to from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to see what this message was about, to see the teaching and healing that the Messiah was was proclaiming and doing. Now, in all likelihood, because of temple laws at the time, he probably was not allowed to enter into the inner courts at the temple to worship. He probably wasn't even allowed to enter in to the pools where they would cleanse themselves before going in to the temple, these routines of Jewish faith. He probably wasn't even welcome. Yet here he is reading from the scroll of Isaiah, wanting to know more. And the prophet Isaiah wrote in chapter 53, verses 7 and 8, what he was reading here. And I just, I want to read that for you now. Verse 7, he was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. Yet who of his generation protested? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was punished. And using this very passage the eunuch was reading, Philip took the opportunity to take this passage to proclaim the good news of the person who was the descendant, of who this prophet was, was proclaiming was coming. Philip took this opportunity to share the big God story, the good news of Jesus. Here was Philip saying yes to the Holy Spirit, to this holy disruption and perhaps the Ethiopian eunuch's plans in Jerusalem had been disrupted as well. Perhaps he was feeling um, frustrated, but here he is saying, yes, tell me more. Tell me who this Jesus is. I want to know Jesus. Yes, there's water right beside us. Yes, I want to be baptized too. I want to be part of the kingdom of God. I want to be part of his family. He said yes to a Holy Spirit interruption to a divine appointment that was already set by God. A couple of things we need to note about this passage. There's a couple of asterisks, if you will. First, the kingdom of God was once only for the Jews, and it's now being opened up for all people. The way it had always been was being disrupted, was being opened up so that all of God's created image bearers would hear the good news and be welcomed in to the kingdom of God. 
Through the proclamation of the Messiah, God had promised to restore Israel. So this call to go to Jerusalem, to Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, and even to a eunuch who was cut off both literally and figuratively, would be welcomed in to the family of God, who would be restored through the gospel. Isn't that amazing? This is one of those first stories of transformation that happened outside of Judea, outside of Samaria. It was one of the first stories of transformation as God was dispersing his world and his people to the nations, for the nations. The mission of God was moving to the ends of the earth. A second thing that we cannot overlook as we talk through this passage. The kingdom of God is for all people in all nations. This Ethiopian eunuch, this black man who had been castrated, there was nothing he could do to change about his personhood. And he too was welcomed in to the kingdom of God. He too was a son counted as one of God's beloved children, that he wanted the good news of the gospel to go to even this person. So what does this mean for us? What are these asterisks? What is this story? What are these divine appointments? What do they mean for us? Well, through this divine appointment, the Holy Spirit disrupted the expected order the natural inclination of those who people thought would be welcome to the kingdom of heaven. As Philip said yes to this divine appointment and shared the good news, a black eunuch was adopted into God's family. He was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, showing us that this good news is for all people. We have choices, too, as the Holy Spirit disrupts us. We can say no. We can choose not to share the good news of our faith, our hope, our story of who God has created us to be and how he's worked in our lives. We can choose to say, no, I'm not going to share that with another person. I'm not going to take it to that group of people because they look different than me. I'm going to leave that for the, the missionaries. The missionaries need to go to that group of people. We'll, we'll leave this work for them. They can go to the other people. We'll leave that responsibility to them. Or, or we can trust the Holy Spirit's disruption in our lives, in our order of how things have been. We can trust that he is setting a divine appointment for us. We can say yes to having a conversation with somebody who's asking about the good news. We can say yes to sharing the good news with our neighbor, sharing that word that God is impressing on our hearts that he wants us to tell that person in line we're at the grocery store that we're next to. We can say yes to building relationships with people who look different than us, 
who worship different than us, who live different than us, who may be right in our own neighborhoods, in our own town. We can say yes to intentionally getting to know another person so that we too can be part of the mission of God. So we can say yes to the holy disruptions in our lives that God uses as divine appointments. We can say yes to the Missio Dei, the mission of God that is for believers to all people, that is for all of us. Missions isn't a separate action, a separate function, only for select people. The mission of God is for all of his people to make his good news known to all the world. We are included in that. So do we say no to a disruption or do we lean in and say yes to God's divine appointments? God is making a way for his kingdom to be known. He made a way for the Messiah to come, to to perform miracles that point us to the kingdom of heaven. He made a way for us, for you, for me, to become children of God, to be included in his inheritance, to be part of his kingdom. God is already making a way for us to say yes to his divine appointments. So what will we choose? Will we respond with a yes? Or will we lean into our own natural tendencies? So I ask now, who has God been placing on your mind? Who has God been tapping you on the shoulder and saying, I want you to have a conversation with them? Who has he been saying, go to them, call them, send them a note? How has he been calling you to step outside of your own comfort zone, your own natural way of doing things? How has he been asking you to set that aside? How has the Holy Spirit been disrupting your life so you can say yes to his divine appointments? And I wonder too, how might we say yes as a church, as a family of faith, to say yes to his divine appointments. Yes to being co-laborers in his mission for his world. Even for myself, that means I'm continuing to ask the Holy Spirit, how do I set aside my introversion, my not wanting to make phone calls, my fear, my insecurity? God, how do I set those aside so I can be your child, so I can be about your business, so I can help make you known in the world. I want to join God's mission in this world. I want to say yes to God's divine appointments. Will you pray with me? Oh, Father God, you are so good that you have had a plan and a purpose from the beginning and you have a plan and purpose for each of our lives and you desire to make your good news known to the world. So Lord, help us to set aside the idea that that delivering that good news is only meant for pastors, is only meant for missionaries, is only meant for those trained people. God, help us to see that you disrupt our routines our ways of how we think it should be, 
so that you can bring about your plans. Lord, help us recognize your Holy Spirit disruptions so that we can say yes to your divine appointments. Lord, help us say yes to you. We pray all this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.